Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the HMO podcast with me, Andy Graham. If you're looking for all the advice and experience, tips, tricks and hacks to help you start, scale or systemize your own HMO portfolio or business, then look no further. You are definitely in the right place. And what an episode I've got in store for you today. So I guess in some ways this is a bit of a technical episode that should help you get on top of a part of your management service that you maybe haven't completely nailed. It's definitely one of those things that a lot of people underthink and they often don't think about it until it's a little bit late. And for some people, it's quite opposite to that. It's one of those things that they really do overthink and it doesn't need as much thought as that. So I want to get to the bottom of it in this episode. I want to help you understand whether or not providing an out-of-hour service is the right thing for you. And if you do provide an out-of-hour service, what it should look like. So the first really important reason why we've got to think about an out-of-hour service and whether we're going to include an out-of-hour service in our management package is because we have to set, we have to be able to set expectations about ourself or on ourself. Are we committing to being available between five and eight in the morning? Are we committing to providing a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week service? Because that is a really, really, really big commitment. And um, the bigger your portfolio grows, the bigger that commitment becomes. So unfortunately, this isn't one of those things that gets easier and easier and easier. In fact, it gets more and more difficult to manage the bigger your portfolio becomes. So this is really one of those things that you do want to think about as early as possible and start as you mean to go on. It's so easy to find that you do it yourself, you manage your own tenants because often that is the quickest way to a solution when there is a genuine emergency or or serious problem. But what you find is that your time begins to get eroded and that's really important. When we're setting up portfolios and buying into HMOs or investing in rent-to-rent businesses, we want to minimise that as much as possible, particularly out of working hours. Otherwise, these investments can become really cumbersome. They can be a, be a real burden on us and our families and you know relationships, perhaps our job that we may still have. So, so important to think about this and set an expectation of ourselves. It's also really important to allow tenants to set expectations of us and vice versa for us to be able to have expectations of our tenants with regards to what to do out of hours. So I think that's another really important consideration. Something else that you might not have thought about yet, uh, and you may not have to think about it just yet, but when you do have staff, it's really important that they understand that and they have expectations set around what happens out of hours because ultimately what will probably happen is that tenants get hold of them one way or the other or they're sending tenant they're sending staff emails out of hours and staff you know typically will have their email on the phones now and will feel guilty not to look and deal with these and often until you take the lid off them and get on the phone to someone it's really difficult to actually establish whether or not it is an emergency and whether it is something that really needs dealing with out of hours 
So setting those expectations is the first reason why we have to start thinking about out of hours services and whether it's right for us. There really is no right or wrong here. It's very dependent on your business, your tenants, your personal circumstances, your plans for your portfolio or your business. All of these things kind of get thrown into the mix here. So I don't want to say that this is the way that you should do it or that's the way that you should do it. I just want you to have a think about it today. So hopefully by the end of the podcast, we've covered all the different reasons why you might need to think about it. And we've also covered the solutions, whether you decide to do it yourself or not do it yourself. Something really interesting, I think, is to think about how the high street agents, how the big boys do this as well. And you can bet that if you're a tenant at Blundell's, there probably isn't an out-of-hours service, you're expected to wait. And if you're an agent and you're going through a high street equally, they probably haven't set an expectation of themselves to provide an out-of-hours service. I'm sure there are some businesses that do do that and do offer it. Perhaps you have to pay more. And for some businesses, perhaps it's included in the package book. I certainly know that it's not the norm to provide an out-of-hours service through a management agent or through, you know, as, as a landlord. I think it's definitely one of the traps that landlords get tied into more and more, though, but it's because it's very difficult to set boundaries with tenants. If you're self-managing, they've got your details, they know that you're the landlord, so obviously they're going to come to you at any point unless you've drawn a very black and white line. There are lots of pros and lots of cons to having an out-of-hours service in place and that balance, I suppose, is for you to weigh up. Some of the, so one, of the one of the really good pros um, and certainly that I found because we do offer an out-of-hours service is that it helps sell the management service. It helps sell the whole package to tenants. They definitely feel a degree of comfort knowing that if something happens outside of working hours that we are going to be there to help them. Um, but of course, one of the cons is that that service is often misused and it's not always misused intentionally. Sometimes it's unintentional, but it's about setting that expectation with the tenants. Of course, having a, an out of hours service in place as well is going to reduce the risk of anything serious, anything terrible happening in our properties. And that can only be a good thing. But what the chances are of those sorts of things happening, I couldn't tell you. Fortunately, they're very, 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 very low, particularly if you're doing things right. But of course, things do happen. Things do go wrong. We're talking about people in homes and stuff does go wrong and we need to be prepared for that. But you have to start as you mean to go on because it's very difficult to reverse out of a decision, particularly if that decision is to offer an out-of-hours service. Particularly, something you really need to think about is if you're offering that service as a landlord and not even with the barrier of an agency front and you know uh, you know in front of that it's really really tricky to ever reverse out of that obviously if you are going to self manage and you are going to offer an out of hours service then you need to be aware that it can be really difficult to switch off because the one thing that is consistent with out of hours services and the calls and the communications that you get you know out of business hours is that it is inconsistent you'll get these calls and emails and communications at the worst possible times when you least expect it christmas day boxing day bank holidays four o'clock in the mornings you name it you'll get those calls thankfully not too many of them 
but you certainly will get those calls. So you need to be prepared that if you're offering an out-of-hours service, you're going to get called and people are going to need to use that service. So it's a personal choice and it should reflect how you want to operate, how you want to provide a service to your tenants, to your staff and how you want to manage your time outside of your business or portfolio. So let's let's define what an out-of-hours service or looks like, what the terms of an out-of-hours service looks like. That's something that we have to consider because there's quite a broad spectrum there. Are we just talking about emergencies? Is that what constitutes something acceptable out of hours or do you provide other services out of hours um, as a small business as, as a as a as a self-managing landlord you might find it useful to provide out of hours services and that those out of hours services could even be responding to communication about inquiries or booking viewings and things like that there could be just general bits and pieces you know tenants asking you this and that uh, do you respond to that sort of thing out of hours but whatever it is, you need to set some boundaries about this. If you're going to either do it yourself or ask somebody else to provide an out-of-hours service for you or put a staff member in place to do it, you need to define what is acceptable within that out-of-hours service and term. The other thing that you need to define is what hours uh, we're talking about when we're when we're looking at an out-of-hours service. The way we do it is we, we switch off the phones at 5.30. People can call. They can press one to leave a voicemail if it's not an emergency and they can press two to go through to someone if it is a genuine emergency. And then at eight o'clock, no, sorry, at nine o'clock in the mornings, the phones switch back on. We'll pick up any voicemails and hopefully over the night, if there has been anything to deal with, any emergencies have been picked up. Um, the, the really, really, really important thing here, though, is to define what an emergency is or what's going to be acceptable in that within an out of hours service. So mostly we are talking about emergency and it's so important to determine what an emergency is because you'll know if you've got tenants in a HMO that they will often think that a shower not working is an emergency or not having hot water is an emergency or a door handle breaking is not an emergency or losing a key and not being able to get into the house is an emergency. But I am so black and white on these. These are not emergencies. They might be urgent. They might be very high priority, but they're not an emergency. And the reason they're not an emergency is because nobody's at risk and the property's not at risk. If somebody loses their key, they are capable of finding an alternative solution. If they've got a phone and have been able to call and report this, then they've definitely got access to people or alternative accommodation. It's not an emergency. Equally, you could have a policy in place that allows them to get a locksmith out and they'll have to pay for it. It's not something that we do, but it is a solution that could work. What else is an emergency then? Well, the way we define these is, like I said, anything that puts tenants or the property at risk. So we're talking about fire. We're talking about floods. We're talking about gas. I would include theft and criminal activity and I'd also include any personal injury but the interesting thing there is and in fact the obvious thing there is there is something in place to deal with all of these things first and foremost and that's before having to call a landlord if there is a fire there should be a fire safety procedure in place and then of course the thing to do if there is a fire is call the fire brigade they're going to be 
much more proficient in dealing with a fire than I am as a landlord or a managing agent. If there's a flood, I want to know about a flood. It is an emergency, but more importantly than that, I want them to be able to deal with that flood before they pick up the phone and call me. If it's taking them even 30 seconds or a minute to call me while a mains pressure leak has been pumping through the house, that's still going to be disastrous. So we want to have provided them with that sort of information. Gas, it's no point calling me if there's a gas leak. I'd like to know that there is one so that I can make all the other tenants aware and just make sure that if anybody needs to be taken out of the house or anybody else needs calling, then that can be done. But we need to call the National Grid, previously Transco, to help investigate the source of a smell. But even before that, we want to be able to tell tenants how to switch off the gas shutoff valve and that will reduce the risk. Obviously, if there's a theft or criminal damage, we want them to call 999 and call the police because I'm no use if somebody's breaking into their house downstairs. They need to call the police. And equally, if someone's got injured in the house, they need to call 999 and get an ambulance because I'm no use if there's an emergency. Although I would like to know that my tenants are safe and they're okay. And if there was anything that I could personally do, I would go and do. But I don't think I could do anywhere near as much as the fire brigade or the emergency services. So that's what I constitute as an emergency and that's what I include in our out-of-hours service. So let's talk about setting some expectations of tenants then. If you decide that providing an out-of-hours service is something that you want to do, you need to set the expectations, but we then need to communicate these expectations to the tenants. So one of the really good ways to do this is to provide... You can actually do one of two things or you can do a few things. You can provide a welcome pack and in that welcome pack, you can provide some of the information about what to do in an emergency when it's out of hours. You can also provide the information about when your out of hours services kick in, what numbers to call, who to contact, what to expect. All that information about your out of hours service can be provided in a welcome pack. You can also provide information about your out of hours service on your notice board. So if you've got licensed HMOs, then you'll know that you need a notice board in the house. And on that notice board, you should have manager details. And it's a really useful exercise to have on there a piece of information about what to do in the event of an emergency and what to do if that emergency happens out of hours. So you could have the emergency number, you could have the times, you could include what to expect. And what what we provide is we actually have information on the notice board about what to do in the event of a fire and the fire escape procedure, what to do in the event of a flood and where to find the stop tap, what to do if you smell gas, who to call and how to shut off the gas valve. So we provide that information on the board because if you imagine that there is a genuine emergency out of hours, your tenants will be scrabbling around. They've got a, 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 you know, a heavy leak in the house. It's going to be some asking of them to go through their emails Find a welcome pack that you sent them nine months ago. Find the section in that welcome pack. Follow the instructions. What you want to do is have it right slap bang in front of them so that they can deal with it as it happens. That's the best solution that we found yet. Um, If you've got, for example, panelled fire alarm systems, one of the interesting things that you'll find is that these fire alarms go off when they shouldn't go off. Thankfully, they do go off when they should go off, but they do sometimes go off when they shouldn't go off. And of course, tenants burn toast and things like that. 
But they're a nightmare. They're so loud and they don't often shut off themselves. So sometimes having a policy in place to help tenants manage that if it does happen is important as well. So providing tenants with a record of the policy, your your out-of-hours policy, providing tenants with the contact information, who to contact out-of-hours. Also making sure that all your bits and pieces to manage the service out of hours is actually set up. So what we're talking about here is, are your phones diverting correctly? Are people going through to the right numbers? Do they have the right numbers? Is the information online? For example, if they had to jump on Google to get the information, is it all there? Is it all obvious? Sometimes it's useful to set the expectations with the guarantors as well, particularly if you've got students as well, because what we've often found is that Sometimes tenants have wanted to get through to us about certain things. There haven't been emergencies, they haven't been dealt with. But because they haven't been aware of our out-of-hour service and terms, they've had a moan. They've had a moan to mum and dad. Mum and dad have then picked up the phone and they've had a moan to us as well. And what's useful is to have at hand, actually, here's the welcome pack and here's where it does talk about and spell out our out-of-hours service. Uh, and often you'll find that they'll retreat tail between legs if you can do that. But you will often get calls from upset tenants and upset parents if they feel like you should have been on hand to deal with something and they them themselves or their, their children were upset about something happening in the house. Reminders of this information is really useful. So periodically, it's a good exercise to send tenants information about your out-of-hours service, just to remind them, because they do forget. They're not going to remember where they put that welcome pack. They're not necessarily going to remember that the information on the notice board, because they might have stuck up the bin rotor or the cleaning rotor or something else in front of it. So just periodically, and you know, it's a good idea to do this in line with your inspections. Remind them of where that information is and what's included in your out-of-hours service, your expectations of them, their expectations of you, and um, even highlight the emergency procedures in an email. It goes without saying, though, that the best way of dealing with an out-of-hours service or problems that you get out-of-hours is to have a policy and plan in place that deals with everything prior to it becoming an emergency. Uh, So what we're talking about here is proactivity. Proactivity beats reactivity every time. Inspections, doing risk assessments, having outsourced companies set up. So maybe it's plumbing things, maybe it's your gas companies. Um, Having information about what your urgent maintenance provisions are, as opposed to your emergency ones, which are very, very different, making sure your tenants have got all of this information at hand and have been given it and that you've been running your portfolio like this will help manage the amount of -of out-of-hours calls that you do get. And that will be so, so helpful and prevent the service being misused and you being tied up on phone calls at weekends and on bank holidays and out-of-hours So plan ahead and be consistent. One of the important features here with an out-of-hours service is you do have to be consistent. If it's being misused and tenants are trying to use it to get back in the house out of hours, it's entirely up to you whether or not you go down to the house and unlock the door for them or send a locksmith out. That's absolutely fine if that's what you want to do. But what happens if you can't actually get to the phone on an occasion? What happens if you're on holiday or in an out-of-signal area or you've got your own emergency going on? If you set expectations or a precedent that these sorts of things can be dealt with, then 
tenants are going to get upset and expect that you can do this every time. So my advice is whatever your out of hours service and policy is, I would stick to it. And my advice, take it or leave it, is that an out of hours service really should be, if you are going to put one in place, restricted to emergency stuff only. So if you're not quite sure what your emergency stuff is yet, write it down, make a plan and see how this fits with your own package. It's a really good exercise to have this in place. It'll help streamline your whole business. It'll help protect your time and your staff's time outside of working hours. And it'll help manage the relationships that you have with your tenants. Most things are dealt with fairly easily if the expectations are set and every body understands what their role is. And I think that's the single biggest mistake that I see people making here. It's that while they're happy to provide an out-of-hours service or perhaps contrary to that, they're not, they haven't set these expectations with tenants and the whole team. So if everybody's aware and everybody knows and everybody's periodically reminded, there shouldn't be too much upset. The caveat to all of this is that as a landlord, I would really want to know if there was a genuine emergency in my house, if there's a fire or a flood or something criminal going on, I would want to know about it because I would be both worried for my tenants and I'd be worried for my property. I'd probably want to be there if I could. So I like to know, I like to know. And you can make that decision yourself, but if you're living a long, long way away, it may not matter. And perhaps you have other businesses and lots of properties that would make this an impossible challenge to do. So there you go, guys, how to deal with an out-of-hours service. I hope you found it a useful podcast. Have a think, make a plan, and don't worry too much about it. So long as you have a solution in place, the chances of anything seriously going wrong are very, very low. But it's an important consideration in this industry. Thank you again so much for joining in. As always, if you could spare one minute to leave me a nice, shiny five-star review, I would massively appreciate it. And of course, if you have a second to share the podcast, tell your friends and your business pals that you've been listening in the podcast live, I'd really appreciate it too. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.